Hey folks, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur, and today we have Paula Halewski, a certified leadership coach, licensed therapist, and the founder and principal coach at the Leadership Institute of Virginia. Since 2016, she empowers individuals to become exceptional leaders, helps team increase productivity, and assists organization in creating healthy workplace cultures. She leverages client strength, fosters self-awareness, and guides pro- productive change to inspire the best possible leadership. She believes that true greatness in leadership, well-being, and mental fitness comes from within. It's certification, behavioral and emotional intelligence, team development, culture, and is a lifelong learner committed to growth in knowledge and skills. So, without further delay, let's welcome Paula. Paula, welcome to the. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. Paula, let's start from your journey first. What exactly inspired you to become a coach? How did you get started in this profession? Okay. I've been a licensed therapist for over 30 years, probably dating myself with that. But I took a break and I did something completely different. However, that profession never really fulfilled my purpose until folks in the industry were struggling with difficult clients. And it was a prominent theme in the professional organizations that I belonged to. And I thought to myself, I can help with this. I'm a, I've been a behavioral and relational therapist for so long, I can really help with this. I created two seminars to address the issue. And I approached the president of an organization of a company that I knew through a professional organization. And I told him about what I was hearing, the problems people were talking about. And he agreed. He had heard it too. And so I approached him to do the seminar. And he said, okay, hey, let's give it a, let's give it a, a try. And so he gave me a try in the, the biggest showroom that he could possibly have given me. And they marketed it for me. It was excellent. And they set up a room for 50 people and yeah. 150 people showed up. So yeah. clearly it was something that was really needed in the industry. And I delivered the seminar and it was very well received. And he took me all over the country, all these different showrooms. But people started to ask me to coach them. And so... When I started coaching in that industry, I really felt my purpose return. And I thought, okay, this is really me. This is what I really want to do. And I went to Georgetown University and got my certification in transformational executive leadership coaching. And once I attained that, I was off coaching in all industries, not just that industry, but that's how I, my like journey So coaching is literally my third profession, but related to my first one. And so that's why I, I, I just love it so much because it just fulfills my purpose. So that's my journey. And how it is going on? It's actually going great. And coaches, you know, typically my story is I have my own company, the Leadership Institute of Virginia, also known as LIV. So I have contracts for my company and then I also do contract coaching for other companies, which is really great. So you get a lot of diversified experience and meet a lot of great people. So it's going actually quite well. Awesome. Bala, what do you think that since you got a lot of experience in coaching industry, what do you think that what are the most important qualities for a successful coach to possess? Oh, I think that self-awareness is really important. And because you, if you can only take a client so far as you're able to, as your comfort level or your psyche will allow you. So self-awareness is really important. Emotional intelligence is really important. I think continued learning and developing 
is important because not one, um, not one style is going to fit all of your clients. So it's up to the coach to, to have the agility to work with different types of clients, their issues, their learning styles. I also think that becoming a certified coach, going to International Coaching Federation certified school is really important because you get the coaching competencies hands down. And there are literal competencies that are important to have. I think in important qualities and important events that people need to have is self-awareness, yeah. emotional intelligence, but also the, the actual knowledge and skills of being a coach. And how do you approach working with clients who are really struggling to achieve their goals? I think that's a great question. Because I think this is what kind of differentiates coaching from other things like therapy. But in coaching, we believe that people have the strengths inside of them and have the answers to many questions, the answers to many of the questions they have, if they can actually access their strengths. So we're very strength focused and almost everyone is struggling with something. And my focus is on helping to uncover via curious questions and active listening what the barriers are that interfere with their goal attainment and to co-create small behavioral practices to walk down the path to their goal. Things like getting on the balcony and making their subjective experience, you know, what's happening inside and their the turmoil inside to actually take it outside of themselves and zoom out and look at it and make the experience much more objective. So they can really examine it and learn from it and see what's actually happening. And that's critical. Much of the time, it's a mindset or a belief that is, is telling them what to do in that situation. And that mindset and belief may not be serving them well anymore. So they have to learn that and understand that and challenge it themselves and perhaps replace it with something new. They can learn and understand that they have the ability to emotionally regulate and have behavioral agility. They may not have known that. So now they can see it as things get more objective. Mm-hmm. Questions like, who do you want to be? How yeah. do you want to be perceived? Yeah. What values do you hold dear that can help you with the, those are the types of things that can help people in their, as they're like pushing up against a barrier. And Paula, as that we are humans and we have to deal with like a lot of problem challenges in our life. And as a coach, you are helping people to overcome all the problem challenges that they have. But the thing is that you might be get some like stress or sometimes you may feel demotivated low. So how do you stay motivated and continue grow as a coach? Okay. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. First of all, self-care is really important. Taking breaks yourself getting, if you're struggling with the client yourself, getting supervision from a, you know, for someone who can be objective, that's really helpful. And truly my clients really motivate me seeing them grow and become better in the roles that they want to be. And it's just an amazing feeling. Plus I'm a little bit of a learning junkie and I just, I love learning new skills and tools and marrying them with the skills and the tools I already have. Because that enables me to be more of a, have more agility as a coach and cater to my clients' needs and learning styles. Uh, So for me, it helps me to stay motivated if I have different tools and skill sets that I can 
pull out of my toolbox, so to speak, or pull out of myself as I work with different clients with different issues. So that helps me to stay motivated, just expanding my skill set. And how do you balance holding your clients accountable while also being compassionate and supportive? Okay, that's a really good question. I like that question a lot. And my belief is that holding them accountable is compassionate and supportive. Investing in someone's path must include accountability or I could be colluding with a barrier holding them back. And the, and here's the thing about accountability to hold to actually do the practices they're going to be committed to do. Not everyone is going to have this perfect linear path forward. It could be a zigzag. They could fail yeah. as things. And that's okay. And that's that should be absolutely normalized because it's when we fail that if we take that and zoom out and look and see what happened, it's such a fabulous learning experience. Experience. It's priceless. Then we can learn even more and let even more new information in to help remove that barrier. So it's, that's a wonderful opportunity to recreate the behavioral step that we had planned and just learning from that failure. So lots of times just holding them accountable and normalizing that yeah. it's not a linear path could zigzag a bit and there is failure is inevitable and that's okay. It's mm -hmm. a wonderful learning experience. So, yeah. Can you share any example of coaching success story and what you believe contributed to its success? Sure. I coached a senior director who was having quite significant trouble communicating with his managing director. And we you know what became quite clear after really examining it, zooming out, looking at it, is that my client's communication style and the his boss's learning style were very different. So it was just, they just collided every time um, they tried to talk. And once he zoomed out and learned that, he was mm. better able to tailor his communications style to his boss's learning style. And both of them noticed that and they started having just wonderful communication and being able to hear each other and listen to each other so much better. And my client learned better how to work with his own direct reports because he was paying attention to their communication and learning styles as well and tailoring his so that they could better communicate. Yes. And then he had such a good experience that he introduced me to the general manager of the organization because they were having a culture issue. Huh. And, and so then, it, it, you know, what it came into a larger project and we did a year long engagement with this company focusing on culture and right. we did all kinds of things there, assessment, individual coaching, group coaching, and team coaching. But with the one great success that I could, we had many successes there, but one really great one was that the senior leadership team who I did team coaching, which they weren't functioning well as a team and they weren't trusting each other and they mm. didn't understand that their behavior, the way that they worked together was yeah. actually affecting the overall culture. So they got that and they started working on that and they actually worked very hard and became a much better functioning team. And then the Afterwards, after the coaching engagement, they came back to me and said yeah. that they signed the biggest contract that they had ever signed in the history of their organization 
And they did it because they worked as a team. So that, my friend, was just, I practically cried. I was so happy for their success. And they said it was because of the work that we did with them. Then they became this nice, functioning, trusting team. So kudos to them, right? Yeah, and as a coach, it's it's a really beautiful feelings. Uh, once you see that your client is getting result or achieve the things that they want, and it always gives you to do more and more in your life. Absolutely, that right, exactly. It just is such a wonderful feeling to see my clients succeed. So that keeps me the previous question, the motivated questions, like that's like the hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah, correct. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about misconception. As you know that every industry has some kind of misconception. So what are some common misconceptions about coaching and how do you address them with your clients? I really appreciate you asking this question because I think that people have a misconception that the coach is going to tell them what to do mm-hmm. and that the coach is the expert. So that's the difference between coaching and consulting. Consulting is someone that you hire in as an expert and they basically tell you what to do. Coach is very different. Coach is more of a exploration of what's inside of you, drawing it out, enhancing your strength. So it's much different. And then so that's a misconception between coaching and consulting. And then the other misconception is coaching and therapy. And that that there coaching is a lot like therapy. And the truth is. There are some similarities and some overlap, but coaching is very much focused on the here and now and the future and very proactive. But therapy can be that way too. At the same time, therapy tends to actually focus a bit in the past Mm. in resolving issues from the past. And coaching pays is respectful of the past. In that, is that behavior that was born in the past serving you now type of question or mindset or belief? Is it serving you now? So the therapy is going back and resolving some of those issues that that may have brought forth the behavior or the mindset. And that's not the focus of coaching. Coaching is in the here and now and future and very behavior behaviorally based. But there is definite overlap but that's the other thing is that there's coaching there's consulting (laughs) and there's therapy and i they may have a thread between them but they are distinct and there are also a bunch of people they think that they do not need any coach in the life and they can figure out everything on their own correct correct exactly exactly and Sometimes coaching people come because they want to be coached, like exactly what you said. Like some people really understand how coach coaching can work for them. They've heard it, they've seen it in colleagues. And then there's, you know, other coaching where it's almost prescribed to them because they're involved in a performance improvement plan at work. And then those clients that come in, they need to be, they need to be educated, they need to understand, and they need to see how coaching can be helpful to them and that the coaching will still remain confidential. What they talk about in coaching will fit because in coaching, it's always confidential, but sometimes when people are told they need to go to coaching, they can feel like it's not going to be confidential, but then that can be taken care of by just a three-way meeting with the coachee and the sponsor to just really 
clarify like what is coaching going to look like? What will, if anything, will be reported back? So if there, that's a contractual agreement. So because all clients need to feel safe and trusting and that what they say in coaching is going to remain in coaching. Yeah. So there is still need a lot of awareness about coaching. I'm sorry, say again? There is still needs a lot of awareness about coaching. Yeah. I think coaching just, which has been around for a very long time. But I was cohort 65 at Georgetown University. And there's been many cohorts after me. So coaching has been around for decades. But I yeah. think that it's really just become mainstream and lots of press and it's all over LinkedIn. But I do, I think you're right. I think there are still some misconceptions about it, but those can be, I think that's a conversation. Like if anyone is interested in coaching, they should interview coaches, have conversations with them, see who's going to be a good fit and just better understand what coaching is all about. And many coaches like myself offer like a complimentary introductory appointment for just that, to have that conversation for clarification and understanding purposes. Because that's just really important to get that information accurate. Correct. Uh, okay, Paula, imagine that you are writing your autobiography, okay? How do you name it and why? Oh, it's my autobiography? Oh, geez. Oh, Lord. Okay, even if it's my autobiography, I'm going to call it the art of self-awareness. Because I think that self-awareness is a lifelong journey. And since yeah. I'm on career number three... I've had quite the journey. Um, so I think that's what I would call it. Because in every phase of life, I've learned something new. Good. I've learned something new about myself, something about my purpose, just new information. So kind of, that's what I, I would call it. Awesome. Okay, so before wrap up our podcast today, any final message that you would want to say with our listener? I think I'd like to let your listeners know if they're interested in coaching, I would encourage them to find out more about it. If you want to contact me, it's easy as pie. You can simply go to my website, which is leadershipinstituteofvirginia.com. And you can learn more about me, learn more about coaching and schedule that the complimentary introductory appointment that I said. And like I said, if it's not me, there's many coaches that offer that. And also, if you contact me and we don't feel like it's a good fit, I can refer you to other coaches that may be a better fit. That's also something I'm happy to do. Yeah. And tell us about your Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, or any other social media platform so that our audience can find you and get in touch with you. Yeah, that's so the website is one. LinkedIn is the other. So my profile is just my name, Paula Haluski. I could probably spell that for you since everybody spelled it wrong. H-A-L-E-W-S-K-I. So those are the two places that I, Facebook I use for personal stuff and somebody hacked my Instagram account, so that's gone. Website and LinkedIn are the two places. Awesome. Guys, do make sure you follow Paula as she's a wonderful person with great personality and you can reach out to her according to your coaching needs. So that was today's episode of Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you, Paula, for being on the show. And it was an honor to hosting you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. 
Thanks again for that. So that's it. I am your host Subrat signing off, and you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.